to Opinions and Beer. We're your host, I'm Adam. I'm Tyler. Keenan. Keenan, what are you doing? <laughs> I need the glass for Useless. future beers. I'm not finishing that. Oh my God. Do you guys say your name? Yes, do you say your name? Oh, I'm sorry. I was preoccupied. I'm Keenan. And we've got Brendan on the podcast. And, and also on the podcast today, we've got Christopher from Following Films. Thank you for having me, guys. Can I say, as a cinema uh, a cinema file, a movie buff, I'm, I'm always like, bro, let's do a movie episode. He's like, shut the fuck up. You know, I'm so happy to be doing a movie episode. <laughs> I'm glad to be here for it. So uh, how long have you been doing uh, the Following Films uh, stuff? Uh, it's just over eight years I've been doing it. Woo! So, eight yeah. years. Good God. <sighs> that's, that's, that's a lot of movie watching you do. Well, it, it started where I was just writing about films online and then um, doing a blog, doing upkeep, that kind of stuff. Started interviewing people through it and then just decided to turn that into a podcast. And yeah, that was about eight years ago now. So it's been kind of fun. I wouldn't have expected for it to go on this long. Hell yeah, man. Uh, so we're going to do, uh, we, we do a little segment called the beer of the day and I, uh, it's kind of, uh, kind of drags for the guests, but, uh, just bear with us and we'll get into the, today's episode. But, uh, <clears throat> speaking of the beer of the day, the beer of the day, today's beer of the day is Vernal. Vernal? Vernal. This by Equal Parts Brewery. By Equal Parts Brewing Company. This beer comes in at 6%, 6.1% in alcohol by volume. This is brewed for Oktoberfest. It is a Marzen. This is our Oktoberfest recorded episode. Oktoberfest starts, uh, I think it just started. It ends October 1st. Ironically. Oh shit. What? That's so weird. It's ironic that Oktoberfest ends at the beginning of August. Yeah, that's what I was like. Surely, like we're pre-recording this shit, but no, it's it's right on time. <laughs> but uh, so uh, let's crack these babies open and see. Are you a uh, are you a big uh, craft beer guy? Um, big craft beer, probably not. I mean, I do like craft beer, but there's people that are really into it. I, I'm not I'm not like a beer sommelier or anything like that. Yeah, we even uh. We're pretty much into this stuff. Uh, we even brew our own for the podcast and, and try it. We 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 don't let a we don't like sample like a lot of when you when you brew in a beer like a, there's like a lot of a sampling processes to make sure it's turning out the way you want it to. In our podcast, we brew a beer sometimes and we just hope that it's good the day of. And so far, it has been. <laughs> so far, it has been. So like we we were able to pick it up uh uh pretty easily. I think it's because all the I think it's because like we know what notes to go for after after trying so many beers. I mean, I I can't even. You learn what you like, you know. Like I knew nothing. He's like, let's do craft beer. I'm like, bro, I'll show up. I'll, of course, I'll drink with you and be yeah. dumb. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and then like even I, with my unsophisticated palate, has learned a thing or two. You know. Yeah, and uh, so this beer today oh, wait, is wait, a Marzen. Can't, can't 
Can't try it. Yeah. This this beer's a Marzen. It's a it's a classic uh, German beer brewed for Oktoberfest and the the uh, month the week of Oktoberfest. I like that. Like I'm always arguing about like beers coming different, so many different flavors, bro. That I'm like they'll be uh, we we try so many re- outlandish and ridiculous flavors that I'm like I will come to the point that be like. Can we try a beer flavored beer? And you know we talked about that last time. Like, bro, I want my beer flavored beer. Like, I'm tired of the, the I, strawberry and chocolate beer. <laughs> strawberry, <laughs> strawberry jelly chocolate beers. But uh, a lot of people on this show are a fan of sours, you know. Yeah, like, and I love my sours too. Sours. So I, 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 there's no complaint there really. But eventually, like, so when we do have the beer beers, I, I, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. So uh so let's go ahead and try this beer guys. This is one of the least aromatic beers we've had so far. And what the aroma? Yeah. This yeah. Is, I mean it's very bready. It's a beer, bro. It's a beer flavored beer from <laughs> no, beer lovers. Yeah. So <laughs> Marzins, Marzins are supposed to be brewed to the German laws of a beer. And yeah. so you can't have anything like extra in the beer. This has to be fucking malt. Malt can't have yeast goddamn vanilla. Water. <laughs> like malt yeast yeah. and water. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can't be like, oh, it tastes like malt yeast and water. I should add vanilla. No, that's so. all you get is malt yeast and water. <laughs> but, um, oh yeah. But that's a, that's very, uh, uh, a clean lager. It's a lager. We, we usually have ales on the podcast. Ales, uh, give off a more fruity, uh, okay. uh flavor. I, I'm the beer flavored beer guy, and I, I give it like a five. It tastes like fucking water, bro. <laughs> Oh my uh, god, it is just malt yeast and water. Yes! But like, I've had malt yeast and water brewed better put in my mouth. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> Anyways, we will, uh, we'll rate this beer at the end of the episode. Uh, let's, uh, let's get on to this stuff. So, uh, how do you want to do this, man? You, you want us to, uh, start on our list or should we go like a round of fives or? Oh, wait. <laughs> Can I be the last one? I don't even have a list yet. You but, guys uh, just want to so work today, backwards. Every everybody take a turn going backwards, starting with oh, the yes. number five slot, and then everybody. If somebody else has something uh, that happens to have crossover, we could all speak up at that time. I guess. All right, because I don't have a list. If I could uh, uh, request a formula, and we could just go over everybody's top five, and then everybody's top uh, uh, lowest five, top five best, top five worst, everybody's top five best. And then we do everybody's top five worst. All right, so you want to do best first and then worst because worst leads to better conversation? Well, no, it's just if you <laughs> ask me for my top five best and my top five worst at once, it's going to be a lot of like me doing the research on goddamn on the okay. fucking episode. <laughs> yeah. So I have a lot of... I didn't do it. Yeah. So I have a lot of weird picks, and so most of this episode will be everyone criticizing me. But but I'll start. At, we'll do top uh, top five best first, and we'll start at five and make our way to the number one. Sure. And we're doing us movies released in September. What a in honor of Oktoberfest! Yay! And it's my birthday. <laughs> I must like you know. That's not. I guess that's only relevant to me. I'll y'all calm down. It's my fucking birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday, Keenan. Yep, so on, oh, thank you, bro. on Keenan's birthday, we finally do the movie episode with the movie podcast guy. <laughs> you did choose the month, though, that's notorious for being a dumping ground for bad movies, though. So <laughs> oh, I know, dude. I was so afraid. He thought of this year, like, hey, man, I need you to make a list of uh, 
September movies. Give me your top five best and your top five worst. And I was like, oh, 22? They're all shit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> They're all shit. Uh, I guess I said, <laughs> no, well, that one might be good, but I'm still not watching it. I don't, you know? uh, shit like that. <laughs> I'll start with my top. I'll start with my fifth. My fifth I chose was Across the Universe. Oh, such a good fucking movie, yeah, bro. Like, I'm, a, movie. I'm a uh, sucker for those musicals. Same. And then uh, I felt like Across the Universe with the Beatles thing, it really, uh, it really, it really brought it musicals was, back. I it think. was so unique, you know. I mean, like, I mean, you got Across the Universe, and then what you get next? Rock of Ages, Mamma Mia, and like, and then like a, well, a lot like, more musicals got released. So I felt the like think about Across the Universe. It is a. Uh, it, it wasn't really about the Beatles. It, it wasn't a Beatles uh, biopic. It was just a fucking movie. What all they sang were Beatles songs and yeah. shit. Well, no, I think they ventured out, outside of the Beatles playlist, didn't they? No. No? It was all Beatles. Okay. So they sang like <laughs> well, some other motherfucker no. song. All right. I, I don't know. Well, I, always, I thought that was beautiful. <laughs> I always remember I didn't tell somebody. I was bringing someone to the movies to see it. And uh, I didn't tell him it was a musical. And so when the guy starts going, I am the walrus. I am the walrus. It was uh, it was pretty hilarious. Dude, uh, and all the Beatles songs they played, they played when they played them made sense with the scene. And dude, it was fucking great movie making, man. <laughs> but uh, uh, any comments, Tyler, on Across the Universe? Um... <laughs> I was in theater, so I like like real musicals, you know. Okay, I feel you. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that, that's my opinion on Across the Universe. Like, uh, you can't just stuff a bunch of Beatles songs into a movie and be like, it's a musical. Well, that's it's just the not way. It no, every Beatles song's worse with the fucking scene well, yeah, because every Beatles song was written about the time, so of course they work with the scenes. A musical uses the music to push the story and the dialogue along. You wouldn't know anything about Sweeney Todd unless he sang These Are My Friends about the razor blades. You wouldn't know anything <coughs> about the Scarlet Pimpernel unless they sang It's Off Into the Fire We Go. All I gotta say so, is fuck you. Wait, wait, wait. I, I, I'm not, I, mean, I, I, know, I, I had a question for him. everything he, he just said. <laughs> and you're running across the universe for me. <laughs> well, I, I do have a question about that, though. Um, there's so. Are you not a fan of the jukebox musicals where they retrofit a story around existing no, not at all. Just a diehard against that whole form. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I believe that Andrew Lloyd Webber, well, Andrew Lloyd Webber was the worst thing that happened to musicals, like, ever. There were good musicals before Phantom of the Opera came along, and then everybody was like, oh, man, we got to do that. <laughs> so, uh, any, any comments about Across the Universe making my top five? I think I'm somewhere in between the two of you. I have I don't have active disdain for it, but I, I don't have any love for it either. It's one of those things that I honestly would I would have looked right past it. I'm sure in looking through this, I saw that and just didn't even think twice about it to put it on either the love or hate. It's just one of the which is almost more offensive to me when it can't garner any response. It's just yeah, it's just like there's nothing there. So. <laughs> I I feel like maybe I'm attaching it to like a weird memory, and that's why. <laughs> 
why? The kukukachu. The kukukachu yeah. stuff and just the awkward they look. snuck someone in there. They like, the, never told them anything about the movie. The awkward looks I was getting <laughs> when they were just bursting out into songs. They were just lo- staring daggers into me. Like the person you brought? Yeah. Oh my god. They're like, like pissed. Oh my god, you brought me to a Beatles music video. An hour and a half long Beatles music video. Oh, uh, no, no, no. You mean two hours and like 11 minutes of the Oh god damn, music. that movie. Oh, that was a fucking long movie, wasn't it? But, uh, what do you have for your uh, number five? Uh, I went with uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's The Master from 2012. Um, was it the, master, the master, you said? The Master, yeah. Have you guys seen that? No, I haven't. No. Philip Seymour Hoffman, Joaquin Phoenix, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. It's oh my god, it sounds fucking great. Wait, Paul it, Thomas Anderson. About, what other movies did he do? Paul Thomas Anderson? Um, yeah. There Will Be Blood, Boogie Nights. Um, he did Licorice Pizza last year. He's Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, I thought yeah, he was incredible cool. filmmaker. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like if you he, haven't yeah. seen The Master, do yourself a favor and check that out. Um, one of Philip Seymour Hoffman's best performances. Uh, it's about Scientology, essentially, um, without directly saying the word Scientology, but that's kind of about that. It's about like a parody Hufford. almost, like a, a light parody, just to no, avoid saying the word. There, there's nothing light about this movie. Um, without kind of giving anything away, there's an opening sequence. Um, Joaquin Phoenix, he's an alcoholic that's in the Navy. He makes, they're on the beach, the Navy, they're, you know, and they, uh, he's making this woman in the sand. And then he just starts screwing around and he starts dry humping the woman in the sand and it's everyone's laughing and look at him. And then he gets into it and like really gets into it. And I think that's kind of all you need to know about that movie. That's, that's the <laughs> where that movie is. So there, you know, I said it. Yeah. You know, walking, walking Felix and Fillmore uh, Phil, uh, Hoffman, man, in a, in a movie together. Oh yeah, and Amy Adams. It's a phenomenal movie. Yeah, definitely check yeah, that out. I'm surprised. I'm like, I'm like shocked myself because I'm I, I consider myself a movie buff for, for the most part. But like, I, yeah, I'm, I'm shocked that I didn't see that one. Yeah, yeah I mean, I love both them. Especially like Walking Phoenix, dude. He's so good. Everything he's in, uh, except for I never watched her. I never like the the concept creeped me out so much. I, I never it's good. watched it. You should check it out. It's really good. It's a good movie. Is, is it like despite the fact like this dude falls in love with his iPhone practically is what is um, the concept, and I'm yeah. like, oh my god, I can't watch a whole movie about that. That sounds like a short film, you know? Well, think about a movie like Buried. Uh, where you have Ryan Reynolds is in a coffin for the entire that, movie. That was different, bro. That was the, I love that movie, dude. That was so intense, you know? You, you can have a small idea, and it can have, if you have good performances and strong writing that can carry that out, we don't need just this spectacle to have an interesting narrative at all, to me personally. And so something like her, I think, is really relevant <laughs> in how we do communicate with each other now. And I think, you know, I, for me, it was cringy. Like it wasn't a, the. Uh, Sir, you I'm ha- trying you to do a fully uh, movie so on this concept. It. it was the the concept was cringy. Like he's like, I am deeply. He wants like he's deeply in love with this iPhone, and I'm like, oh my god, bro! Like, isn't that apps, like, bro? Go that's out most meet. people now. <laughs> yeah. How many people do what you are got like to? That? If you think about last time you were at Thanksgiving dinner with your family, how many people? pulled out their cell phones and were interacting more with that than they were with the people they supposedly love. I mean, we, the idea, our obsession and our need for technology that's constantly filling our lives. I think that's a very um, salient topic to get into. 
and it might be cringy and uncomfortable because it's like looking at a mirror in a way where you know satire and things like that they're not direct um in that and saying this is exactly what's going on you remove it slightly from current reality so that you can make a commentary about our actual real world experience we're going through right now i think you're right just like i should watch it i guess because like it's cringy to myself for like thinking of a guy falling over this fucking phone and i know it's like deeper than that it's supposed to be like in a, in a in the future and or our same time but alternate reality where like technology is more advanced and he can actually connect with this ai you know but the point sure. is is like uh you're not fucking wrong man <laughs> and think about people that don't communicate well how many people fall, fall in love with the idea of somebody as opposed to actual individual themselves we fall it, that's what sort of the love at first sight is it's the idea it's the promise it's the concept of somebody it's not the actual person you find love 10 15 years in once you really know the warts and all and once you've seen all the ugly stuff and all the beautiful stuff that's where love is and so most of the time we don't see films about love we see films about um just obsession i think at first sight and all that sure but yes the master check that out and her there you go. There's <laughs> See, that's why I love films, dude. That was deep as fuck, and it's about a guy and his phone. That's a fucking. There's deep ass context that you can like literally. It, it, it creates conversations between people, and it's because of a guy and his phone. And <clears throat> you know, I could have listed good films in my top five, <laughs> but but I chose. To, uh, but I chose movies that. I like. <laughs> no, I chose, not good films. No, I, no, no, no. I've been looking at my list. I, I realized that I chose films that are like that you could just you could just put on and just like leave, fall asleep to. Yeah, you can just like leave it in the background while you're cooking, like like fucking rush hour. <laughs> but anyway, oh, was that on your list? Don't spoil my list. But anyways, uh, you have a five. So number five on my list is going to be uh, 2008's Ponyo by Hayato Miyazaki. Great movie. Great I movie. believe anything by Hayato Miyazaki is pure art. And um, I also I highly respect the man and his philosophy on life. If you've ever seen any of Miyazaki, like while he's working on his stuff, he's probably one of the, like I consider him a true artist. Like when people think of like the, the tortured artist, it's hilarious because while he draws the most beautiful whimsical worlds you can think of, when you see actual like backstage footage of him working on his art, he's like choking down a cigarette and he's like, there is no beauty in the world of humanity. Then he like draws a perfect picture of like downtown Shanghai or something. And then he just crumbles it up and he's like, it's crap. And I'm just like, I totally respect that mindset as a creator that it can never be good enough, even if it's perfect. Yeah, he's an amazing artist is uh, I think you, can go with really any of his films and you're going to find some really interesting stuff and especially that there's there's always a sadness and a melancholy underneath these beautiful images that's uh it's just right beneath the surface and they're they're complex films you know because it was it was all written by a guy that survived nuclear war basically yeah. you know he witnessed yep. some of the, the worst things a human could witness and then he draws only whimsical beauty every time he draws something you know and like you're saying there also, there's like a uh, there's a sadness within the meaning of every movie. Like my neighbor Totoro can be very depressing when you think about it. Spirited Away. Um, Spirited Away is kind of 
depressing on the surface level as well. That, that yeah, yeah. And once movies. you dig into it even more, you're like digging yeah. yourself into a hole of depression. One of my favorite ones is um, Nasca in the Valley of the Wind and Castles in the Sky. I believe yeah. those two carry major oh, vibes due to the fact that like the society you're seeing is one that has rebuilt itself after a world calamity apocalypse like scenario. And it's also, it's on that sort of that global level, but it's also relating on this interpersonal level of the destruction of the self of the, you know, your, your, your world, your family, your friends, your individual world that you have that might not be on the global catastrophe level, but it's that destruction of self. That's just so that he's constantly going back to. That's why I respect everything the man's ever written. Yeah, you can't go wrong there. Woo. Do you have number five, Keenan, or you want us to just keep going and you'll comment? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Give me half a second. And this time, time my fifth. I know. You know fifth what? Fifth of the I, of the list. You know what? Of the good list. I'm looking at my good list, and I realized that I probably should have like narrowed it down to like a decade or something. <laughs> Like September in the nineties or something or two thousands, I don't know. Nah, bro, I got this. Well, Give me have a second. I I just realized that like I could have probably picked good movies, and then I picked I just picked like the things that stuck out to me, and then like I arranged them in, in an order that like I would watch. Like, okay, so I want you to know there you go before because me. I respect your opinion already. Is that is that I like good movies and okay. I watch a lot of movies, but this list. I want you to know this list is not a representation of me personally. Well, you limited <laughs> all of us to September. You made that decision. This list is a representation of this list only. <laughs> Why the fuck do we have to list? Because it's the month of September and now we can't. God damn it. We Octoberfest. <laughs> Anyways, my number four. <clears throat> and, I, and I've, I've actually I've prepared some arguments as well. As well. <clears throat> my number four. <laughs> is blue streak <laughs> because this was <laughs> this is martin lawrence at the height of his powers martin lawrence who else is in this movie uh dave chappelle's in this film and uh you can just turn this movie on and get some laughs i love the ass cream jokes and he becomes a cop and the pizza jokes and all kinds of <laughs> there's all kinds of silly shit you just turn it on and wait, just wait. watch it i forgot that you went the ass cream. My number okay. five. <laughs> Go back. Just do, do we want to talk about Blue Streak? You know do we want to dive into that? I am ready. I, I read through a whole list of movies, and and, and it's, I, I got to come up with something. Sure as hell not putting this on the uh, list of the movies I don't like. I'm ready for the ridicule. Uh, my number five is Sweet Home Alabama. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. That's like a like, like a rom com. That's all I got. That's like a, like a, I really thought I expected more. Oh, I mean, it wasn't horrible. I mean, it's weird to be on your top five, but I mean, I, I have. But there I have, it is. But I have Blue Streak. <laughs> but I have. I literally. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> let's listen to him. Your thoughts on Sweet Home Alabama? I mean, she's between that and Blue Streak. It's like choosing the turd with the least number of peanuts in it. I guess. <laughs> Bro, but like, Thank it's you. not like oh. It's, <laughs> I guess I'll choose it. I I genuinely love Sweet Home, Home Alabama. It's so it's fucking sweet, bro. I love that line. Like, why you wanna marry me anyhow? So, and he's like, so I'll kiss you anytime I want. And it's like, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
oh, that is not what I would have expected at all. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> bro. Like I would have seen that movie had me on that line. Let's see that. where this goes. Yes, I will so, watch this movie. <laughs> so are you a uh, are you a big Martin Lawrence fan? Oh, not particularly. I mean, I don't have anything against Martin Lawrence. Um, I, I like the first Bad Boys is fine. Um, it's it's the stuff that he chooses to do. I think he could actually, he's not a bad actor. It's that oh, he just on. chooses pretty bad stuff. Like the Big Mama's House. That's like, that's just Or so The Black bad. Knight. <laughs> not good. Wait, man. but like, I know I messed up the formula because I did my top five late, but we're on four now. Yeah. But you, you done yours with Blue Street. Yeah, oh, that is it. Martin Lawrence. I don't know shit about that movie. I, oh my I never God. watched it. I neglect Martin Lawrence. So yes, he, he'll talk he, about it. <laughs> so Blue Streak, he they rob the diamond. Oh yeah. And they hide it in this construction facility. That construction facility, when he gets out of jail, he's gonna go get it. <laughs> but that facility is a police station. And so he he he, he becomes a police station with Luke. Uh, he, he only he, strikes me as someone who like does acting for money. Like he ain't even got so a passion for it. He pretends he'll do any project thrown his way. So he pretends to be a cop with Luke Wilson. And uh, oh, you had me at Luke Wilson. Oh Keep yeah, going. one of the lesser of the you know the lesser <laughs> of the Wilson brothers. He was an idiocracy, dude. Luke Luke Wilson is so underrated, bro. He is not bad at all. So is that your number four? Yes. My number four would be Mel Brooks's Robin Hood Men in Tights. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah, oh, man. Oh, you went deep. Oh yeah, dude. Men in Tights. Hell yeah. Solid gold, no arguing, period. Otherwise, yeah. Once again, you have a legendary man who fought in the Battle of the Bulge, who dug himself through the trenches of the Somme, and then here he comes singing Hitler on ice and Jews in space. (laughs) The man, the myth, the legend, Mel Brooks. (laughs) It's that's probably Carrie always at his finest. He I don't he does he's been really horrible in a lot of movies. And there's two movies that he was really, really good in. And I would say Robin Hood Men in Tights is one of them. He has this very narrow lane that he's just absolutely phenomenal in. But when he gets outside of that, really, really bad. Like, it's unbelievable how bad he can be in certain things. But in that movie, he's perfect, man. Chef's Kiss, great movie. Nothing wrong with that. Anybody got anything else? No, that's a good pick. A good, solid pick. All right, what's your number four? Um... I'm going to go with L.A. Confidential. Okay. If you guys have the Curtis Hanson movie, 1950s, kind of uh, looking back at the noir films. And it's really, it's oddly enough, it's the Russell Crowe and his relationship with Kim Basinger in that movie is what I go back to time and time again when I rewatch that movie. And it's just something that I find something new in it every time. And that's just something that you're watching performance. It has beautiful cinematography, has great set design, but really this is a movie that could be done as a play. You're just watching actors act. They're doing that. This could be black box. It's just, it's that bare bones as far as just performance is concerned. And that's something that I always appreciate. Um, It's a really tight script for a movie that's what, like two and a half hours long. It feels like it's 45 minutes long. It just moves. There's those rare movies, I think, you know, that are in that two and a half to three hours long that just go by in an instant. And that's absolutely one of those. And every time I just get caught back up in that. And that's something that's rare in a noir film where it's kind of a whodunit mystery, um, which in the, in a movie like that or in a movie like Chinatown, 
really the whodunit aspect of it is just that's the MacGuffin. It's secondary. It doesn't really matter because what you're watching are characters. So what do you guys think of LA Confidential? Um, I actually um, didn't have like a long time ago uh, before I started hanging out with a guy named Chad, I actually didn't have much of a love for black and white, you know, any movies before like Telecolor. But then, um, then he introduced me to movies, you know, very classic ones like Citizen Kane, Casablanca. He started me off with the heavy hitters and then he was like, now dig into that, you know, and LA Confidential is one of one of the ones that Chad really liked. Um, he told me, uh, compared to movies like Citizen Kane, and it's one thing I agree with, like compared to movies like Citizen Kane and like you just mentioned, Chinatown, it kind of gets swept under the rug compared to them, Casablanca, because they have such huge names. But it, like you said, it's, I think it's really good when a movie is like three hours long, but feels like it's like 45 minutes. It's like a magical wonder yet a sadness at the same time, because it felt like it went too fast. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, it's really rare when. You just want to spend more time in that world. And most movies, you feel like you overstayed your welcome. But it was like, all right, let's wrap this up. Let's get, get, let's get out of here. You can feel like the director fell in love with the footage, which I get. But this one is just uh, such an incredible movie. And it's uh, Guy Pierce really, really as kind of the uh, wide-eyed prosecutor in the film or the wide-eyed uh, detective. And just seeing him playing that, somebody who's just corrupted by power. And just that first taste of it. It's just a beautiful movie. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Definitely check it out. Oh, yeah. Heck, yeah, man. L.A. Confidential. That's a good one. What's your number three? Number three. And uh, I want to say that if anything happens... Wait, um, I never gave my number wait, four. Wait, wait, wait. You got a number four? I did. You did? Yeah, y'all made me lose it because y'all like... Well, wait. Moving on to Okay, if, if anything happens, um, we will send you a new link. I just want you to uh, forewarn you. Okay. <laughs> we didn't do number I, three I, or four. We're doing number yeah. four. I've seen What's a, your uh, number four, Keenan? Uh, yeah. Were you looking? You yeah, should have been looking while we're doing this. He's like, oh, I had one, but then I kept scrolling because you guys said number three. Yeah, literally that. Oh my goodness. Well, look, if you're not able to find something that's up to the level of Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> then, I, mean, I don't know if we need to go on at that point. It could just be take all. All right, so spots. number my number three is also Sweet Home Alabama. No, <laughs> I loved it that much. Yeah. Oh no, my god. Uh, the Equalizer was like okay, but it was like we'll go with the re-release of The Lion King, <laughs> the 3D re-release of The Lion King. You know what pissed me off about that movie? What the re-release or the movie in general? Like the are you talking about the like the no 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 Lion no no in twenty yeah no yeah no yeah yeah in twenty two thousand eleven they two thousand eleven they released the animated version as three D and it was in September and that's why it's on this list. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> good job for taking the easy road out. The rundown. <laughs> the rundown. <laughs> the rundown. The rock at his corniest, <laughs> Sean William Scott at his worst. <laughs> exactly. But I enjoyed it. The rock. I, I, I was like, oh yeah, The Rock. I know him from wrestling. You know, the only thing, so the only reason, it. the only reason why I watched that movie is because The Rock is so great, right? No, it's because Christopher Walken's in it, and he's great in everything he's in. And so is The Rock, goddammit. No, it. The Rock just plays The Rock. That doesn't mean he's great. And it's great. <laughs> oh my god. He comes in flipping eyebrows. I know. <laughs> I had no problem with that. I was so happy. 
that The Rock has transitioned from fucking WWF e to fucking a movie star. I was down from the beginning. Fuck all y'all. So what's your number three, Adam? My number three is Corpse Bride. Now I chose Corpse Bride because uh, I felt like it's a it's a solid follow up in the Tim Burton line of animation as far as like the Tim Burton. Bruce. Well, I felt I felt like you know it, it just brought that. Uh, anyone that loves uh, Nightmare, Before, Nightmare Christmas. Before Christmas is gonna yes. love Corpse Bride. It's just that I feel like Nightmare it's a, Before Christmas though. That's not Tim Burton didn't direct that one now. What? He didn't direct Hold it. Hold up. I'm no, not like. Hold up. I remember seeing. Maybe Hold he didn't. Did he not do it? Who directed it? I think he was head producer of it. Oh. Yeah, he was the producer of it, and it looks very similar to his style, but he didn't direct that. Henry Selleck directed Night, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Dude, everyone gets so caught up on the Tim Burton well, it's thing. because it says Tim Burton's The Nightmare yeah. Before Christmas. Yeah. It, Henry, what's his name, probably isn't going to put a lot of, you know, butts in seats. So right. I guess that's. You put his well, name shit. Well, it. Corpse Bride is yeah. Tim is Tim Burton's version of the Nightmare Before <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas. It's a fucking sequel, bro. I swear. <laughs> and, it, and it, uh, I don't know. It just it, it's. I'm a prequel. I'm a prequel. I uh, I just I, I like the animation and I like the the songs in there and um, I think it's a solid solid pick. I remember. Didn't we go see that in theater? Probably. My number three. Is uh, remember the Titans? Fucking a Thank right, you. bro. It's a solid. Uh, I can put solid on. Movie. I can put on Remember the Titans any day of the week, and I can anytime. I can just watch it. Hell yeah! Um, as a guy who played football growing up, and as a guy who had a very um, like I had a dad with a winner's mentality. So when I was in sports, the goal was to win. So watching that movie and listening to Denzel Washington chew into the you know to the young guys the the whole. Um, and the school that was um the first uh, black and white uh, football team, you know, like the anti segregation laws and stuff like that. That movie. Sometimes I feel like people right now need to go and watch that movie. I feel like as a country, we all need to sit down and go watch that, that movie. movie. Yeah, because <laughs> I think everybody's forgot, and I guess because I watch it all the time, I haven't forgotten. You should go watch that movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's a good flick, man. There, there's nothing wrong with Remember the Titans. It's one of those ones that, to me, normally, those types of movies just don't work for me. Um, I could care less about sports. Never been my thing. Um, I can enjoy a sports movie from time to time. Um, but that one particularly is something that's really good. I would say that's probably one of the better, if not best, football movies out there. I would say so. it's the best football movie of all time. And another thing that I love about it is all the players – you know, you have your star-studded cast, you know, you have um, Denzel Washington, you know, playing the coach and all that. But then the players weren't necessarily a star-studded cast at the moment. But if you were to go back and make that movie and pick all the same actors, it oh, would yeah. be considered it's, a star-studded what's cast. The fucking Sons of Anarchy and shit. But uh, that's my number three. Well, my uh, number three, uh, kind of in the same vein as uh, the game plan. No, I'm joking. No. <laughs> But no, my number three was literally Corpse Bride also. So. Okay. <laughs> what was your number three? Uh, it was going to be uh, Red State by Kevin Smith. Oh, Red State, Red State oh! is solid, dude. Dude, that wasn't even on my list. I argue with list. people all the time that Red State is Kevin Smith's best movie. Yeah, I mean, it's the best it, it, movie he's ever filmed. I changed my so, answer. 
Mine's it might, it, yeah, I think I think that's that's right. It is his best movie. It's it might not be my favorite, dude. Movie, it's fucking, but deep, it is undeniably it, his best. It's movie. A, that, a lot of shit, bro. Did you ever listen to any of Kevin Smith's podcasts? Sure, yeah. Uh, if you listen to uh, Fat Man on Batman, yeah, you've that heard podcast. the origin to Tusk and to Red State because they yeah. talked about it on the show. Yeah, that's, that's another reason I love that movie is because I remember being in the, the yeah. Oh yeah, I remember sitting in the theater having like a very minor sense of like superiority to like maybe I was wondering like how many of these people listened to the podcast and heard the birth of this movie <laughs> yeah it's um and beyond that because I do I think Kevin Smith is really smart with that that part of it because people that have that inside track on his inspiration his idea the stories behind the films I think they end up a little bit more attached to his properties than they might otherwise if they didn't have the the fondness for him as a person and so, but Red State, I think, is something that absolutely works outside of that. It's one of the few films he's made that you don't have to love his work to really appreciate. I mean, Michael Parks is great in it. That ending, um, that's like when you think that hell might actually be opened up at that point. Like that movie, I it set that up where it could have been the end of the world. And I really love what it does with that ending. And it's just such, it's one of the few films that he's made that's actually haunting, for lack of a better word. A great little film. Number two. You ready for my number two? My number two is Buried. Now I put number I put number two as Buried. I think Buried is a I'm it's, it's literally it's Ryan Reynolds in a box. I literally I, I literally cop well, I literally copied it in Locked Doors 3. Like because, we literally refilmed well, hold on, that. Hold on. Because I do not have number two on my list, and I would like to add to your list, that is the most theatrical slash dramatic that you see Ryan Reynolds. And even in this movie, he cops jokes. I love how when he's on the phone, he's fucking dying, and he's talking to someone he doesn't like and shit. And when it comes to hanging up, like he's still like, "Fuck you, bye." You know what I mean? I think I thought Buried was pretty like it's 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 a great movie. If you notice uh, my list, I try to have like like either films that are like monumental as far as like they launch something. I think Buried launched like uh, a a big part of the like the single setting like popular single setting films. You had like, Buried, and then you have Sunset Limited. Well, then you had on, uh, like, Carnage. The payphone with John walked C. Riley. So Buried could run. Huh? You know, I said the payphone walked because Buried. No, no, could I love that's my favorite, that's my number one favorite film. Oh. Phone booth. I was like, phone, is it, phone booth. Was that in September? Or is no, that phone. One? Phone. <laughs> no, no, no. But phone booth is my favorite film I know, of all time. Like, so, and I know this. That's so why single, I, I said that. So single film location, like it, like movies that are able to like draw you in. You see what you do when you like, limit us to movies based in September? No, no, you know? no. But yeah, uh, we mo- could be talking about the payphone right now. <laughs> but it's phone booth. Oh yeah, I know it that. just takes place pay in a phone. Phone. the cell phone. That's yeah. what you call a phone booth. Like there's a payphone <laughs> over there, bro. The call box. <laughs> the call box. But uh, well, I mean, I, I like in buried. all fairness, I felt like they don't it, exist anymore. I, I felt like buried uh, uh, revitalized that genre, and we got some really cool films out of that. But uh, and I and I like the movie itself. So yeah, it's a solid little movie. It's a, it's one of those things you go back and you watch it. And it's a little bit disappointing that Ryan Reynolds uh, just leans into the snark more than he does into acting because he actually has the chops. He could do it if he wanted to, and he just uh, chooses not to. That's fine. But, you know, he could if he wanted to. Rest on his laurels as Deadpool. 
I mean, if I had those abs, I would rest on those too. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, bro, like he was doing really good movies. He did that movie with um, Deadpool was released uh, in September. It'd be on this fucking list. Yeah. What, what was that movie that Ryan Reynolds did and uh, Darth Vader's in it? And there, there, there's the baseball cards. The, the no, the lottery ticket. The lottery ticket. The and uh, fuck. Uh, so many with people. Cal Mitchell. No, it's it's a lottery ticket movie. They, they they win the lottery and they're they're doing like a gambling game and the the guy uh, who plays Darth Vader who voices Darth Vader oh um, James Earl Jones James Earl Jones shows up and he's like that's my ticket and uh, who SLC Punk guys in it what's his name Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard's in it it's, it's a it's a fucking stacked cast of like back in the day people and I, I don't know I just I just know that Ryan well, how Reynolds, do you know Matthew Lillard is still around like, <laughs> I just know that Ryan Reynolds uh. Like Jackie has he has exactly he has the acting chops, but like it's I guess it's cool that he's you know banking on his on his uh <laughs> what's the college movie did oh Van Wilder yeah he's banking on his Van Wilder gimmick yeah <laughs> you know what I mean honestly bro uh, I think we could have such great conversations and you fucked us but like no calm down it's fine fucking fucked no us. I'm actually I'm good with that because if you just did all time that's too many I think with something like this you have to limit the scope of it it's like well, I, mean, I literally have like like so five of the greatest I'd love to be talking about instead of shit released in September my number two movie SLC Punk being one of them so would sorry. be for Reese for the month of September would be a Bronx Tale great movie Great, oh, that is a, love it, dude. I, I, fuck, actually, I, I, I got to see. Uh, fuck my list. Y'all had such a better list than me. <laughs> no, it's not. It's all the I, same. I clicked on the second thing I, Google offered me. As a theater guy, um, I got to see Chaz Palminteri perform the one-man show version of that, where he plays all the parts. Oh and shit! It's phenomenal. It's, yeah, well, it sounds that's, amazing. That's where it started from. Chaz Palminteri did that on Broadway as a one-man show, and so he played all the parts. He played the son. He played the dad. He played the gangster. He, um, and he would just he pulls it off so beautifully but that that movie is incredible it's uh i think that was the first movie that robert de niro directed if i remember correctly yeah and he yeah. Played, uh, he played the robert dad de niro fucking directed the movie he played the dad in that movie and that was one of, it's weird because that's one of those movies that like that's a movie me and my dad bonded over me and my dad always bonded over mafia it's movies a, yeah because that was like a thing about my dad he he was in the navy he hung out with a couple of like real mafia guys when he got yeah. out of the Navy and he lived in California for a while. So like those guys were very romanticized to my dad, the mafia guys. Oh yeah. And so we always bonded over mafia movies in particular, the relationship between um, Z and his dad, the bus driver versus, yep. you know, idolizing the bus driver versus idolizing the gangster. His dad wanting him to do better. I, I love the whole movie. My favorite scene in that movie is when they beat the fuck out of the bikers. Yeah. But the reason I love it, is the the change in music the music in that scene starts off with like heavy metal because the biker guys are all like trashing the bar and acting tough and then as soon as they start getting their asses whipped it switches just to the door. i will only ever have one love so good <laughs> hold on is this a uh, now you can't leave yeah now you can't leave yeah bro it's the I, uh <laughs> yeah, I know everything you're talking about. I just didn't know that movie was releasing. And sometimes <laughs> a movie with a narrator can really get on my nerves. Listen, but on that my movie, list. you know, like that scene where it's like, as soon as he locks the door and he's like, "So you guys can't leave now," and he's like, all of the strength was just wiped from their faces. You can see it, and I was just like, "Yeah, yeah. And it, oh, it's perfect." Mm -hmm. 
No, the, uh, I to, love a movie yeah. with that narrator, man. To me, it's the uh, because you know I think I, we probably saw that similar ages. I saw it when I was a teenager, and it's the uh, would you rather people love you or fear you moment. And when you're a teenager, you're like, yeah, fuck yeah, I want the world to fear me. And then it's when you get older, you start to realize that that's a really empty existence um, living with people fearing you. And that's the whole point of the movie. It's to Robert De Niro was really the badass of that movie, that in the face of all of that, he was one who, who chose love. He chose to not have a world that was filled with all this violence. And, and it's just an incredible movie. And I think it just, it's one of those ones you can revisit at different points in your life and you'll see it in a completely different way. A scene that didn't get to me until I was about 25. It didn't like hit me as hard. The boxing scene. Yeah. Where he goes and his dad's like, no, go, go sit with yeah. your friends if you want to. You don't got to sit with me with the seats I paid for with my hard-earned money. Ooh, yeah. Dude, Just like, wild. oh, damn. No, I'd sit with my dad, but he doesn't. The little dumb shit. You know, you, you sit there as an adult now and you're like, no, dumb shit. Sit with your dad. Don't go sit with the assholes. Yeah, absolutely. Wait, I've been drinking. Uh, what movie are we talking about? The Bronx Tale. The Bronx, Bronx Tale. I knew that. Oh, <laughs> my God. Testing you. Testing you. That's my number two. And, is it uh, your number two? My number two. Okay, so this is going uh, nothing nearly as classy as a Bronx Tale, um, because I am kind of a genre guy. I love horror films, love sci-fi, love action. So the guest, Adam Wingard movie. Have you guys seen this? The, the guest. Yeah. Yes. I don't. Oh, calm down. I've been drinking. Well, wait, wait, I don't remember. Uh, wait, it, but wait, I remember seeing it. When did it come out, though? Oh God, I don't have it pulled up in front of me. No, it's fine. <laughs> The uh, just going off the top of my head, it was the day 2014, uh, Dan okay. Stevens movie, and it's basically oh, is the guest with uh, um, who, who's the star of it again? You said Dan Stevens, okay, okay, and so and it's this movie about a guy who comes back, his um, apparently he's the friend of this family's son who died at war, and he comes back to say, you know, just say his condolences to this family, and then it becomes clear that there's something up with this guy. I don't want to give away this movie. It's essentially, it's a, it's a action movie that's delivered like a horror film. So it plays up horror movie tropes, but it's, it's at its heart, it's an action movie. Um, Adam Wingard, who did the movie, who's next, he's a phenomenal filmmaker. He's moved on to much bigger things now, but uh, the soundtrack in The Guest, it just has one of those kind of like drive, all the moody needle drops throughout the whole thing. Really great score. So it's a, yeah, I, I think you guys should check that one out. I just want to say that description that you just gave, uh, what was it? A man coming back to talk to somebody uh, that he'd served with or whatever, uh, a veteran, uh, like kind of horror vibes, but it's an action movie. This sounds also like a description of First Blood. Interesting. Like Rambo um, First Blood? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and, and by the way, Rambo's First Blood is a movie that I think needs to be thought of on its own, not with all the movies that comes after it, because oh, yeah. it's a really great film on its own. Um, really, really good film. And I think his performance at the end when he ha when he's uh, has that monologue where he breaks down and cries at the end of it, it's just really powerful stuff. And um, But that, kind of, yes, it does play into that, but this is not a sympathetic character at the center of the film. The Dan Stevens character is not like that. I never thought of uh, Rambo as being particularly sympathetic either. Like, boy got beat with the hose, but I don't know how many people I would kill over that, personally. Now, he's a guy dealing with PTSD. 
Mm. It's that he comes back to this town and the idea that um, this point in time, there was, there was just such animosity and there was so much, you know, we think that we're bad with left and right shit in this country right now. The country, the way that it was um, at the time of the Vietnam war, the sort of the soldiers that were coming back completely fucked up, had no, like I wanted to rejoin society and society had changed since they left and they were not welcome back with a hero's welcome the way that, you know, I think now we get that a little bit better. You can be anti-war, but you still will probably, most people will still respect and appreciate what soldiers do and the sacrifice that they make with their families. So most people will be on that side now. We didn't have that for a while. And I think there was a big pushback and that's kind of what that film's about to me. And I do see him as sympathetic because going through, he, he's fucked up. He's destroyed. He's ruined. He's a broken man at that point. The rest of the movies, they plan yeah. out to be like this superhero thing. But in that movie, it's really dealing with the trauma of war. Hell yeah. Woo. Number one. My, okay, my, my number one, this is a, a film that uh, is huge. Huge film. Biggest film of all time. The but movie, is it a I would say <laughs> it's such a big is it, film. Is it Blue Street Part 2? My number one is Rush Hour. Oh my god. <laughs> Jackie Chan, Chris. Oh my god. <laughs> Jackie Chan. My god. Chris Tucker. Franchise making son of a bitches. Yes, it's fucking <laughs> hey, good. You know what though? Uh what's what funny number one. What's crazy is the I think like the week before that, uh probably a better movie came out was was Jackie Chan. Of course. Was it your No, but Jackie Chan's Who Am I came out the same week, I think. There's a better movie that came out that week, probably. Yeah, who who am I was really good, but Rush Hour is a staple in Jackie Chan's American film history, and I put it as my number one because of the uh, of uh, what it stands for, and and Chris Tucker's best role. Fuck murder! <laughs> All right, no, Chris Tucker's best role. I'll go to Jackie Brown on that. Wait, what did you say? I'll go to Jackie Brown for Chris Tucker. Oh, best okay, role. yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, I, I would say not a bad movie, what, man. It's just like Rush Hour not, isn't even. That's not even Jackie Chan's best movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. it's not. I don't want to break any cinematography records, man. So, it's not a cult <laughs> classic. What do you got going for that? <laughs> you know? My number one movie. Now, I, I, I thank you for calling my number two classy, because my number one. The reason why it's my number one is because I had no idea this movie was released in September, but as I was doing my research, I actually found it. It was the only one I had written down before I thought Adam told me not to worry about the list. <laughs> but um, my number one movie that was released in September, Hackers. Another great movie. Oh, oh my God. God. Hackers is good. Man, hold on, hold on. The sound, look, this movie came to me at a time in my life when my parents had just divorced and I was really depressed. The soundtrack oh, to that movie shit. is the shit. The soundtrack to that movie mixed with weed. Yeah. And dude. then Matthew Lillard. It's Matthew Lillard. Yes. We were yes. just talking about that earlier today. Not because of this fucking list. I, I my list was so I tried small, to be dude. I tried to be one of those guys in high school. Like you wear the jacket and you have the rollerblades and <laughs> Y'all, you gotta, you gotta have your technology. Matthew Lillard walks tra- so trading burnt CDs with people. Yo, you like Metallica songs? I got all their greatest hits on a burnt CD. I'll make one for you, <laughs> dude. So it was so I, good I, I in that to, movie. I'm, I'm gonna and, go ahead. Like, and... dude, my list is so flawed. Hold up, what's, what, what's he? Where are you getting at? 
Hackers is also my number one movie, but it was my number one worst movie. Oh! <laughs> what, fucking Hackers? Yes. Hackers yeah. is... I mean, Hackers it was, I, well. I was working in a movie theater at the time. So I saw Hackers in the theater, I think, five times or something like that. Yeah. And that movie is so bad. And I know it came to you at a very important point in your life. And you're well, going to say, I understand yeah. that I can have an impact on it. But that movie is all bad style with no substance. Like if you had <laughs> style that's good, like if you go to like a Repo Man type movie and you can look back at that and you're like, yeah, it's like goofy style, but Buckaroo Banzai, it still kind of works. Like it has its own thing. Hackers has a really bad thing. It feels so cynical. And it's just, it's like the way they talk about the internet is so cute. It's oh, so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. I have. <laughs> we I are keyboard samurai. <laughs> I know I'm very unprepared, so but I have a number one. Okay. We are a number one, right? Yes. <laughs> so Thank bad. God, because I don't have another one after this. Uh, The Town, bro. Okay, Ben Stiller's The Town. Yeah, everyone calm down. Uh, ben Affleck. No, Ben, ben Affleck, Ben Affleck. Affleck. Ben Affleck. <laughs> I don't know. Ben. He's like, yeah, it's such a joke. I thought it was Ben Stiller. Yeah. Well, I mean, Ben Stiller, he he's doing Severance now, so he's doing some. Oh, Severance is fucking stuff. good. Yeah, I love Severance. Well, hold on now. Like, I know he's great, but like, Severance you don't is good. The town is great. No, the town's fine. Yeah, fine. I mean, it it's good. It, I don't love it. Don't hate it. <laughs> Dude, I thought it was great. Well, I, I thought it was great. Like Jeremy Renner really showed his actor chops before he just became Hawkeye for a career. You know? Jeremy Renner, I mean, like, dude, like, that's his, like, best so. friend. And well, shit. Wouldn't you like, put the Hurt Locker he's so above that, though? Underrated back then, Jeremy, Jeremy Renner. Uh, and now he's just, dude, he showed his acting chops back then, and now he'll probably just be Hawkeye and then. Uh, uh, retire. Yeah. Oh my God. So I had a quick thought, yeah, an idea, just in case you know the computer would decides that we're going to run out of time again because this conversation's so fun. Okay, I have an idea for our for our five worst movies. Rattle off five of them off real quick, and then everybody pick the one that they have the most problem with. Yeah. So okay, yeah, wait, wait. Dragon Wars. Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 wait. Okay, wait. I have five. Yeah. We'll, I gotta do, do my this. Number, I gotta do my number one best, though. I didn't get that yeah, one. Right after oh, yeah. Does, oh, yeah. Right after much more important than worst. Yeah, I mean, to me, I would much rather use time to, I don't know, put something up on a pedestal than to knock something down. True, true, true. Uh, you know, and like in something like Hackers, it does kind of feel like punching down for some <laughs> reason. It's like they already, yeah, anyway. Um, so my all-time favorite September re- release would be the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Have you guys Wait, seen hold on. That was really fuck my list, bro. I want to change my answer. He's <laughs> right. That's such a good movie. I just googled the September shit, and the first one was like 2022. And I'm like, no, that's not what I mean. And the second one was like all-time grossing, so I clicked on it and. God damn it, my shit was imperfect. Uh, I did not do a lot of research. And I'm down with his number one. Well, to me, that's probably, I think, um, Brad Pitt's scariest role. You know, California oh, yes, is, is like, or California 12 Monkeys, he shows that he can do like these big character actor oh, yeah. things. But the character that he plays in Assassination of Jesse James is frightening. It's Jesse such James, a right? He's the villain, yeah. Oh, he's amazing. Oh, and dude, like, 
Casey, Casey Affleck, Affleck poor hound, yeah. just living in the shadows of Ben Affleck, bro. Good actor, so underrated, man. I liked him, and no one. I feel like I'm the only one on the face of this planet that's gonna be like, liked him in Goodwill Hunting. You know, no one else fucking was like thought about that dude. Like he was a good actor, you know. Still is, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a great actor. I mean, he did. Uh... I mean, he was, he's been nominated for an Oscar more recently than his brother at this point, I think, for um, what was the movie that he did with the girl from Dawson's Creek a couple years ago? I can't remember the name of it offhand. Yes. Maybe about <laughs> depression. Uh, I will pretend to know that movie. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> anyway, he, he's, I think he's a phenomenal actor. And that movie is, yeah. if people, more people need to see it, more people need to talk about it. It should be considered amongst the best Westerns of all time. Oh, fuck yes, opinion. bro. It's I agree. The cinematography, yeah. the acting. People beautiful. talk about 310 to Yuma more in that movie, and it, it upsets me. <laughs> and, the, and that's not even the best 310 to Yuma. Yeah. I know, so, right? <laughs> As somebody that yeah. lives in Arizona, you know that I, you know that that I've been to Tombstone many, many times. That stuff is right down the street from my house. So, yes, hell yeah, man. So, uh, uh, what was your idea for the top, uh, the five worst? Just rattle them off. Rattle them off. Okay, rattle them off. And if somebody has a problem, All right. with one of them, just let it be known. My right. number five. So I'm going. So five is least worst to worst. So. Five to one is least worst to worst. So number five, Skip Trace. Never heard of it. Skip Trace was Jackie Chan and, and Johnny, Johnny Knoxville. That movie, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> so it's funny. I, 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 well, I thought it was ironic. Yeah. I thought it'd be funny to do Rush Hour as number one and then Skip Trace as my as one of my number yeah. <laughs> my worst movies. It's the same movie. <laughs> so number, number four. four is Devil. Well, he produced it. He didn't direct it. Now I have a weird thing with Devil because like I I Devil almost didn't even make my t- my worst five. It almost made like my neither or. But as I sit on it, I'm just so like annoyed with how cheap that fucking ending oh, yeah, is. Dude. With the grandma, the like like the whole movie was like which one's the kill, which one's the devil, and like people are dying off. And then obviously there's a fucking twist because produced by M Night Shyamalan, and it's like oh the dead person was the devil the whole time. <laughs> and, so, and I remember watching the trailer. We were in the theaters for the uh, watching, yeah, and I was excited, weren't no, you? No, we were we were watching the trailer for the movie, and it was like every, it was going great. Everyone was enjoying the trailer, and then produced by M Night Shyamalan. Oh my and, god, it's gonna and, be garbage, dude! No, and yeah, this guy in the back, he's like, oh shit, <laughs> like, so yeah, dude, like he's fucking shit, bro. <laughs> he was so pissed. Uh, He's the last airbender. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> See, but uh, uh, number three is uh, Old's a solid little thick. Give, give, give him another chance. The visitor. He's done some good movies in the last couple of years. Yeah, I'm not Shyamalan. It's actually no. Well, no, not give him a but, chance ever. But I feel like I was upset What's because uh, Devil didn't perform as well as it should have, and so I was really, I was really looking forward to. Uh, because that was supposed to be a part of a trilogy. Like De- last, it literally his last hit was The well, Sixth well, The Devil was supposed to be a part of a trilogy he was producing. And one mm-hmm. of those was going to be like a uh, um, 12 Angry Men, but like a possession. Like they were going to yeah. like be during a possession, I believe. And like I really was looking forward to them making that movie. And they never got around to it because this one flopped. <laughs> but uh, got it. But uh, my number three is Resident Evil Extinction. Well, before you say that, I would like to say... A lot of Resident Evil's got released in September. 
If I could, yeah. well, it, it's all on the no, ground. because they suck. No, I think extinction. Oh, Where they belong. Oh, Those are September, January movies, if there ever were ones. <laughs> uh, number two, Casper meets Wendy. The reason okay, why no, I talk about you know, punching down. Cas- Come oh, on, later. No, Casper meets Wendy was the official nail in the coffin of the Casper franchise for me. I, I realized. I, that's when oh, I Christina well, because that was because I realized that the second movie wasn't just like a a, a random mishap. <laughs> no, I realized. Okay, no. After the first movie, they're just gonna keep getting worse. Like I so thought, I, maybe I, we I would get some like macabre comedy, but nothing. I thought you were gonna say that you realized you were an adult and you shouldn't be watching Casper <laughs> movies and judging them. No, you realized it all. You can't tell uh, the Casper one with Christina Ritchie. Now, there, number bro. number one, my number one pick was was this because uh, it received so much promotion. Like I remember seeing so much trailers and like fucking posters everywhere in malls and WalMarts and everywhere. This movie received so much hype. Dragon Wars was complete fucking garbage. I thought Dragon War, like Dragon Wars, got so much hype. It was, it was, it was promoted through the fucking roof. Like, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this this movie's gonna be fucking balls, dragons attacking the fucking New York City or whatever the fuck's going on." And it was just trash. And they spent all their money on their promotion. <laughs> all the their movie. money. I thought that. Would... <laughs> so, here's the thing. My worst movies released in September. I know for a fact that two of them might be very controversial, and I don't care. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, number five, a movie that I think is terribly overrated, especially because the director, in my opinion, has better movies out there, Pulp Fiction. No! I think Pulp Fiction is overrated. Samuel L. Jackson makes all of his scenes, yes, but I've never considered Bruce Willis to be a pinnacle actor. He more or less just is Bruce Willis in a lot of his shit. You know, like, look at me. I'm too tough to be phased, Bruce Willis. I push around people. I'm, I'm Bruce Willis. I felt like the sixth sense, like he brought up earlier, Keenan brought up, the sixth sense, I felt like he was actually acting. But then a lot of his other movies, especially ever since he's been just trailing off of his diehard fame, he just plays John McClane in every movie. He's like, yeah, I can just be wise and smart to whoever I want to be. <laughs> and uh, I think Pulp Fiction is just like, it. it's one of those movies that you said that uh, LA Confidential's two hours feels like 45 minutes. Pulp Fiction's like two hours feels like five. <laughs> feels like that movie never fucking ends. <laughs> Love it. Love every single frame of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. Under Siege 2, Dark Territory. You see, Steven Seagal's Under Siege 1 was already a crappy film, and then they they went ahead and decided, instead of a Navy battleship, let's be on a train. He's not even doing anything. (laughs) Oh, wait, that's the one with Eric Bogosian, right? Yes. Okay, where he's the villain? Yeah, and he he does the eye soldering thing, you know? you know what? His performance is actually pretty fun. Well, yeah, it's like, okay. It's, it's like comparing him to Tommy Lee Jones, though. The bad guys in Under Siege no. movies yeah, yeah, are yeah. great. The bad yeah. guys in Under Siege movies are great. It's every other character. Oh yeah, it's a Steven Seagal movie, though. So I mean, would you? It's like it's like saying the acting was bad in a John Claude Van Damme movie. Like if the acting happens to be good, that's a surprise. So, so I mean, number three. No, this is another one that I think is going to be controversial. I am not the biggest fan of vampires. 
And, I when, know. and when vampires are in movies, I think they should be treated kind of. Are you gonna say Underworld? Badass. I'm afraid it's gonna say okay. Underworld. So, interview with a vampire, I think, is pretentious and wild. No! 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 I've been on the edge of this fucking podcast the whole goddamn time, half in the picture. I'm showing up to say. You you can tell me about your gay love for Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt if you want. That's part of it. I mean, it's a big part. That was really. That's the only reason that movie exists is to see Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt act like two fucking gay vampires. Stop! This is no longer about you. What? That movie was released in September? Yeah. (laughs) Top one. Alright. I didn't know that. My my fucking list was flawed, bro. I didn't do my list. My list was flawed. I like gay vampire movies. Interview so, with a so vampire did, was so influential to me. It's Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt. Tom Cruise in love with Brad Pitt. You know, I put Blade over Interview yeah, with a Vampire. Yeah, because he killed Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt, and you love that. And my favorite vampire movie is called 30 Days of Night, because yeah. I read the comic, 30 Days of Night. Yeah, but it gets... And look, the vampires were like malicious, you. monsters, savages, creatures. They tore people apart. Yeah, they were badass. 30 Days of Night is good. Now, dude, the chick, who was the chick that played MJ? Uh, and, uh, You're really gonna fucking defend what's her name? Fucking uh, Mary Jane from fucking Tobey Maguire Spider Man? Yeah, Kirsten Dunst? Yeah, that was Kirsten Dunst's like first fucking role. Yeah, and she was so robotic the whole movie. Oh my god. I, I think okay, alright. Let's, let's pump the brakes a little but bit. But then again, yeah. she's robotic in every right. movie. He's probably right. I was just so raised so, on it. So, I was like, we don't fucking talk shit on that movie. We, we accept it as the producer's intended. Yeah. So uh, just pump the brakes for a second. Um, one of the things that you bring up is one of the things I actually love about this movie. Um, the idea that you had a mainstream movie with two of the biggest male actors of their time at that moment were playing in a love story together. And that's something that was really subversive at the time. Um, that's something that I wouldn't minimize because there's a lot of people who didn't have that representation. And so they could see themselves in a movie like that in a way they hadn't before. Right. I feel the same way about Brokeback Mountain. It, which was a great movie. So, yeah, no, Broadback Mountain is a great movie. So to, to me, that part to minimize it and say it's just that one thing, that's actually one of its strengths that I think is there. Um, now, the actual film itself, I think, is really quite beautifully shot. Uh, Kirsten Dunst, her performance in it, um, you can say Let's that it's say. wooden, but this is actually a child that's playing someone that's far older. And the moment where her, when she cuts off her hair, the pathos that she portrays in that is really powerful. Because if you consider this is an 11 year old girl pulling off that role, there's depth to that character that I rarely see in mainstream Hollywood movies. I, I, I To me, I think it's actually, it's a, I, as far as popcorn blockbuster movie making goes, which is what that would fall under to me. It's yeah. a great little movie, man. I, th- I think that um, there's also the idea that that could have been River Phoenix in the Christian Slater role always kind of gets me a little bit, always makes, you know, that that part of me makes me a little sad. So like I'm getting a little goosebump just even thinking about the For River um, title card at the end of it. It's just that, that I don't know. I mean, I, I understand you might hate the movie, but I, I, I have no Like the movie guy knows his shit. Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. I've been making it's, good points all night. You haven't made any. He's been making good points. Don't act like his words are yours. <laughs> then you mentioned fucking 
interview with a vampire. You don't touch that, bro. It's sacred. Right. Right. Okay. So, uh, number two. It's a movie. Number two worst movie released in September is called Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. It not mm-hmm. only gets half the shit wrong about his life, um, Jason Scott Lee just, I mean, anybody who does a Bruce Lee impression, they always do a caricature. And yeah. I feel like that's what you get from Jason Scott Lee is a caricature of Bruce Lee. I'd agree with that. And a uh, number one worst movie ever released in September, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, oh yeah, I'm on shit. page with that. That was September. Fuck that movie. I forgot that was released. With those big, ridiculous Goombas. Oh, yeah. And John Leguizamo was the, like, only person who looked like they were putting forth effort. <laughs> and this was back during, like, his cocaine days. So drugged out John Leguizamo was the only person putting in effort. Yeah, I did. Like... <laughs> John Leguizamo stole the shit movie. Yeah, no, he does. He steals the show as Luigi, and everybody usually is like, oh, I don't want to play second player. I want to be Mario. (laughs) Poor Bob Hoskins being so drunk on set and hating his life every Uh, minute of it. (laughs) I I, I do feel sorry for him when I watch that movie as an adult now. (laughs) Oh, even as a kid, though, I was one of those kids who video game movies, I've hated all of them because I always felt like the source material is there. They're made by Yui Paul. You know, (laughs) like the source material, it's like a book. The source material already exists. Fucking it up just shows ineptitude on your part. You you Uh, didn't get a hold of Capcom. And, and Re- <laughs> Resident Evil, you know? Like... Oh, no, I don't think there's any saving the Resident Evil movies because I don't even think the original game would have made that good of a movie. Oh, fuck it, you. It, everything's kind of too spaced out, and then it really jumps the shark at the end when you literally fight a zombie shark. <laughs> Look, every Resident Evil fan, all they want is the fucking complete duplicate Look, of the game in the mansion. Yeah, they they know. They want a complete movie duplicate of either Resident Evil 2 or Resident Evil 4. Both who star Leon Kennedy. Fuck them both, I want one! Resident <laughs> Evil 1! <one. laughs> oh my god. What, uh, what do you got for your list of uh, top five worst? Um, well, I already gave away Hackers uh, was there. Uh, obviously, Showgirls needs to be in the mix um, as one of the oh, worst yeah. movies. That probably goes beyond su- just September <laughs> stuff, even though that movie has like a fan base, and I respect that and I actually love that it's been embraced by a certain group of people in this country, but just not for me. Really bad movie. Um, the Magnificent Seven remake with Denzel Washington is unwatchable. Horrible, oh, horrible dude, bro, I must put that on my... Top five. <laughs> yeah. Good, like mindlessly you, entertaining. Kind of like you said about 310 to Yuma. That's not even the best Magnificent Seven. Yeah, it's the same it really kind of isn't thing. It? I, and, and maybe if I was judging it without having seen the original, I might have been less offended by it. But knowing the original, yeah. And the other, my number about this right now a little bit deeper would be another remake and that's Straw Dogs. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with oh, the no, so good, bro. Horrible. Fucking horrible. Oh, no, not good. Uh, no. Wait, 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 wait. It, wait, wait, it's fucking, straw, it's straw, it fucked, but no, I remember Straw Dogs now. It's not good. It, uh, straw, it left it's, me with nightmare. Wait, wait, wait. Is straw Dogs mm-hmm. the one with the uh, Cyclops in it? No. Straw Dogs is all about like some fucking... Straw Dogs is a, it's a, a, this couple moves into this house. There's a, the, the, this guy rapes this dude's wife. Oh, yeah, you're, you're, you're talking about the remake. 
Yeah, and they renamed yeah, it. Yeah, that's, uh, that's James Marsden, right? Yeah. Okay, like, I believe so. The original. Yeah, the uh, big Dustin deal. Hoffman. Richard dude, Powers. My, dude, my, I, I, I went there with somebody, and they walked me. out of the theater. It's me. No, it's it was like, it was rough it's to me. watch. Uh, it's, it's, rough, it's, it's, it's not it's just me. rough to watch. It's no, remember rough. I was like, it was not you. Yeah, just give me we one see, I see Strottles in theaters with you. I remember, because I walked out like, what the fuck did I just watch? So that movie, the, uh, the the rape scene that's at the center of that film, there's a moment, it goes on for way too long, first of all, but then the woman starts enjoying it halfway through, and they turn it into a sexy rape scene. And it's fucking disgusting. It's foul filmmaking. It's horrible. Um, it's, to me, inexcusable. It's uh-huh. something that's really gross. It feels like the male gaze put on rape, and it's just, I, I was yeah. so... Disturbed, right? No, yeah, that was rough. No, no, it's not like I've seen movies that have so shit tries to happen after that, like, but like you gotta forget the fact that dentist that scene's no, 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 but yeah, the the, the way that they shot that made it look like she was into it, that she was enjoying that, and that the whole when you do that, it's the whole point that she needed a man that would step up and take her is what that movie becomes about, is the subtext of it when they shoot it that way, and it's just. Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah, horrible. the scene's pretty disturbing. Have you have you seen the Straw Dogs remake? So like literally, so so in the scene, yeah, she gets raped and then she starts to enjoy it. It's very weird. And but then like he's like trying to like uh be I like he, he, her well he's trying to starts to enjoy it. Yes, I guess I'm yes. Too, I was too young when I watched. But it. then she he starts to try to like be emotional with her and she's like and she's starting to regret the her enjoying that her enjoying being raped. And because of that, he like kind of like turns his back and let his and then the fucking friends rape the her. friends rape her. I know I want so the fucking a, movie out of my goddamn it's a, mind. It's a you know? it's a rough watch. It's and a, I did see that in theaters like, with you, and I was uncomfortable that it, I did that. That <laughs> that movie is such a rough watch. Like I would not recommend anyone watch it. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, yeah. No. Yeah, well, and, and and it's gonna be like so steady. Like it's gonna push the limits. So we went to the theaters, and I had nothing to say oh, after we went. And out. I'm pretty sure that that movie had like the fakest um, deer kill scene in the world. It's like, like oh, the he... raping was spot on, but the deer kill scene. Oh no, yeah, that's what, that, yeah. that's what was weird. Like they they focused so much on the on the realistic rape that they yeah. fucking, that they fucking they they, they skimmed out Early on money. They skimmed deer killing CGI. <laughs> yeah, they skimmed out on money. It was literally like they pushed over a fucking prop deer. Is what it looked like. When he spotted, like it was. It just falls slowly. Man, holy shit! What a list. So, sorry for uh, going through and uh, ending on kind of a such a down note like that. I, I oh my god! Sure no, no, no. Hey, hackers. hey, before uh, before our time limit runs out again because we're poor, uh, we had we we. Uh, we enjoyed having you on the podcast for Octoberfest. I hope you had fun t- chatting with us. Uh, we do have two two questions that we ask our guests every time. <clears throat> Are you a part of the Illuminati? And if they ask you to join, would you? No. Oh. <laughs> and then also the second question we ask every guest is uh, Nickelback or Creed? Yeah, yeah. I, I would rather remove my ears. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I like Nickelback. This is a good Fuck guess right here. No. He's got good taste. No. No, dude. No. No, I feel well, you. Life is too short to fill no. it with really bad no. music. You know, you know what's hilarious, though? Like, some people answer. 
Hey, no, listen. no, I, I love. I feel like it was like liking Sweet Home Alabama, but I will admit it. You know what's crazy? Nickelback is good. I thought about that being my joke answer for the worst movies. I was just going to say whatever Adam's list was. Just go ahead and take that. That, that was going to be my worst list and go by that. So, so that was our list of the day. <laughs> that were our list of, of the films. September's best and worst the limited, films. Limited, limited, limited list. Uh, this man right here was properly prepared. Uh, this uh, everyone else was uh, because of me were improperly prepared. I was so prepared, bro. <laughs> and I, I found that's all I needed. And I chose films that uh, resonated uh, with my memory and not necessarily with my actual taste in film. <laughs> like the town and how flawless it was, right? But uh, it was a great time having you on. Do you want to plug anything before we exit out? Yeah, sure. I have a film podcast. It's called Following Films. Like I mentioned at the top, I've been doing it for about eight years. I interview independent filmmakers, directors, writers, actors, all kind of stuff like that. So if you like film, uh, give it a shot. You might like it. Woo! Fucking films, baby. Oh my god, love it, love it. What would you guys rate this beer that we have? Four out of ten. Yes. Four out of ten. Four. Five. A two. A five. It's drinkable. It's gosh, like that. it's water, bro. Look, they they ask they ask for beer flavored beer. I'm, well, I didn't get beer-flavored beer. I got fucking alcoholic water. That's beer-flavored beer, damn no, it. No, god damn it. That's you literally beer-flavored beer. beer, dude. It fucking tastes good. And that's just your opinion. <clears throat> and that's fine. Because all we have here are Our opinions and beer. We are a man.